Welcome to Stay Grounded with your host, me, Raj Jana. I'm the founder of Java Press Coffee Company, and my life changed after my mentor died with three months left until retirement. That experience inspired me to start a personal journey to discover how we can all live a purpose-driven and meaningful life starting today. I interview everyone from best-selling authors and business moguls to extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness, success, and fulfillment to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Welcome to this week's episode of Stay Grounded. Hope you guys are all doing amazing. I feel like I'm finally back. The last few weeks I've had a massive cold and I think today's like the first day that I just feel back into it. And so super happy about that and super excited about introducing this week's guests. Yes, I said that with the plural, Justin Fairman and Jackie Neckel. So uh, I've been trying to make an interview work with Justin and Jackie for a while now. Things kept coming up and we were constantly rescheduling, but I don't think that anything was without divine timing because the place I am in my life and the things that I'm personally curious about right now just led to this episode being just one of my favorites that I've done in the new year. So you guys are super in for a treat, but uh, Justin and Jackie are the founders of the Flow Consciousness Institute, which is a place where they teach entrepreneurs and visionaries how to embrace flow to create exponential growth and success from a place of effortless ease and abundance. I mean, they've spent hundreds of hours in the trenches working with people to really unlock some of the the beliefs, the uh, the subconscious wiring, and a lot of the borrowed traits and fears that force us to think that life is supposed to be hard, that you have to force your way through life, that you have to suffer in order to be successful, and so on and so forth. And what was refreshing, oh, I said hundreds of hours. I'm looking at my document right now, and no, it is thousands of hours. So yes, they have spent thousands of hours developing their philosophies and practices on how you can create more ease in your life, how you can get all the things you want without working so damn hard, without making it so damn hard, by following your intuition, really building a database inside of yourself that allows you to make the best decisions and grow from a place of massive love and abundance. And this episode was just amazing because we talked about so many different things, everything from how to transform grief into joy, how you always have a choice and what that means, topics like surrender and flow and intuition and all the different levels of intuition and how you can dance with life as opposed to feeling like you're constantly being pulled. And both of them are just a joy Like I'm such a big fan of both of these beautiful individuals. And I'm just grateful that we got to spend some time on the podcast diving deep. And I'm just, I'm excited that you guys get to be a fly on the wall for this conversation, just as I am by all of them. But this one in particular holds a very special place in my heart. So enjoy it. If you haven't already subscribed to us on iTunes and give us feedback, let me know what you learned from this episode. I always, always, always respond to all of the messages I get. Thank you guys so much for being a part of this journey. Thank you so much for tuning in and making your emotional health, your spiritual health, your personal development a priority in 2020. I do not take that for granted and neither do Justin and Jackie. So if you heard anything on the episode that springs you and makes you want to change and do more, message them, message me, get in touch. We want to hear from you, I promise. So anyways, I uh, hope you guys enjoy this one, guys, and um, hope you guys are living your best lives. But without further ado, here is the amazing... Justin and Jackie. Enjoy. 
Yo, yo, yo. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Stay Grounded. How long have we been trying to make this work, guys? <laughs> good three months. It's been a good least. run. Yeah, maybe four. It's been a good run. It's been a good run. We couldn't squeak it out a little longer. We couldn't. We just had to make it work. And it's Jackie's birthday today. Yay. Can't oh, think of gosh. anywhere else I'd rather be. I'm so, I'm so blessed and honored. Guys, welcome to the show, Justin and Jackie. I'm so excited to dive in and to uh, just explore all of the amazing work you're doing and share just some philosophies that can help individuals live with more purpose and easier for that matter. Okay, so I'm going to dive right in. I already introduced both of you and all of your amazingness, so I'm going to skip everything boring. I'd like to start by asking you guys what you define as flow, because I think I've read a lot of different texts. I mean, obviously, they're stealing fire with Stephen Kotler. He has his own definition of flow, but I was reading on your website, and it just felt like it was like you guys had your own sort of definition of what it means to live in flow. So I think I would love to start there and have you guys define it so that we can have a base ground to build from. Yeah, that's a great place to start. So we like to distinguish flow consciousness, which is the methodology that we've co-created from flow states, which is what most people are talking about, because flow states are those temporary states of peak performance or heightened creativity, that sense where time stands still. And that's part of the flow continuum. But the flow that we teach is more of a stage of psycho-spiritual development, something that you can live in at all time. And this place where life is conspiring in your favor, you have exponential growth and success, you feel a profound sense of inner peace, you're having magical synchronicities and fortuitous moments all the time. So it, it's really an incredible way to live. If you think about flow as a spectrum, on one end you have flow states. States are temporary. They're, they change from moment to moment. Flow consciousness, on the other hand, is, is, a, is stages, right? So this is like permanent shifts in how you perceive yourself in the world. This is really about living how you live your life in every moment. So flow states getting to peak state of peak performance, flow consciousness is taking that and stretching it out. So you're living in flow all the time. And a cool way to wrap your head around it, a couple different kind of memes about what flow consciousness is, is it's a new operating system for your mind and for your consciousness. Mm. It's an accelerated path into your full potential. And even beyond that, into the realm of superhuman capacity, it produces a life of ease, joy, abundance, impact, purpose, and all these things that we really value and that are on your awesome poster behind you. Yeah. So it, it's really a path of stripping away all of the, the programs and conditioning, emotional patterns, trauma, things like that, that are keeping you locked in unnecessary struggle and suffering. And you tap into the place of pure potentiality, living from your essence and the truth of who you are, which is limitless. And then your life takes on that quality. Yeah, so it's almost like getting yourself out of your own way. Yeah. Is that a, a summed up version? Like, so any of the old programming, old stories, borrowed beliefs, things from parents, schools, societies, teachers, coaches, anything that anybody else's fears, all the things that we gather just by living and being human, it's essentially unlayering all that so you can get back to the ease of being you. Absolutely. Yes. Spot on. Yeah. It's the inner subtraction and outer expansion, right? So both pieces, right? Flows a path of integration. So we remove, we remove the layers that are blocking us from our true self. And then 
as we get into that place, once we start to embody our true self, then we expand into higher levels of self-mastery and superhuman capacity. Yeah, and you touched on just some of the places where we take on that conditioning and programming, you know, from the media, culture, religion, our parents, life experiences, but also epigenetically. You know, we're handed mm-hmm. down a lot of these trauma patterns and fear patterns you know, from previous generations. So it, it's yeah. really examining and doing a deep excavation of where all of these belief structures came from. So that feels heavy. It feels scary sometimes too, to navigate yourself with that level of, I'm asking just because like, if somebody goes through trauma and they carry a lot of beliefs that are rooted in something painful, how do you help them sort of navigate those traumatic experiences in a way that doesn't necessarily like open up a whole, like, I I guess, like, how do you, how do you even approach some of the subconscious blocks that are sort of layered underneath so much pain and emotion? The first thing is to give people awareness and understanding of the territory that they're entering into. Because if you just throw someone into a cave or into, you know, the middle of the ocean and you don't tell them where they're going or, you know, how to, how to like survive and navigate that territory, it can be really overwhelming. But if you've been trained how to navigate, you know, how, how to, to swim in, in, you know, in the open ocean, if you've been, it's a metaphor, right? If you've been trained how to move through a dark place or in a cave, then it's not so overwhelming. You know what to expect. You know what's coming. Yeah. You have context, right? So the first thing we do before we take people in and actually start, you know, working and reprogramming there is to really help them understand the dynamics of what they're working with so that it's not overwhelming. So when they find something, they, they have, they understand what it is. They know exactly what to do to work through it. And they know that waiting for them on the other side of whatever that, that pain might be is everything they've ever wanted. So then it's like, it's not like, oh no, pain, it's overwhelming. It's like, cool, if I can just stay with the course and get through this, then everything that I've been waiting for is waiting for me on the other side. And that kind of motivation is really powerful. Yeah, and I totally understand where you're coming from saying it can be scary to really go into our deepest fears and these emotional blocks and things that we've had because... For you know, a good chunk of my life, I didn't want to feel my feelings. I, I was scared and, and kind of numbed out and shut down. And then you know, it's because I didn't have tools. And now that I have the tools and the understanding and the frameworks, now I can get excited and get curious when I get triggered. Because when I'm having this emotional reaction to something, I know that something's coming up that wants to be released, that wants to be healed. And I can access those deeper layers of sadness, grief, anger, you know, whatever is wanting to be examined and looked at and ultimately let go of, which will then leave room for more bliss, joy, freedom, love, excitement, right? So instead of dreading getting triggered and having these things come up, you get excited. It's like a treasure hunt, like, oh, Mm -hmm. okay, because now I have the tools, I know what to do with it. And now I get to access a deeper part of myself. No, that makes so much sense. And I love the idea that when you get triggered, that's a clue to look inward. It's a massive clue because then that makes it easy. You're not trying to take on the world of trauma. You're just trying to take on whatever's triggering you in the moment. And as long as you can remove that block, then you're slowly but surely removing things from the way that allows you to flow in the direction of life with ease and grace and abundance and love and light and all the things that we want. Yeah, and because we're ultimately like Justin said, giving this roadmap, this framework of understanding how at the deepest level, these beliefs 
are actually creating our experience of our reality. And so when you're willing to go into that wound, into that trigger, you can ultimately use what's showing up in your reality as a feedback mechanism and start to reverse engineer it and peel back the layers to get down to the root of what's creating that. And so in our methodology, that's the beliefs. And so we have a unique way of working with beliefs and we work with them not just at the level of awareness, but at the deepest levels, at the uh, mental, emotional, energetic, and physical level to actually rewire and reprogram these beliefs so that way you can ultimately shift out of that. So like, can you give me an example of a common belief that people might have and how that negatively affects reality subconsciously? Because I think that it's really easy to, like, it's well, for me, it's hard. Like, I would imagine anybody listening to, like, we're so used to, like, our conscious brains. We hold all of the beliefs in our conscious brains as the ones that we know, but there's there's subconscious programming happening in the background. So can you give maybe, like, an example of some sort of a subconscious belief that might be negatively holding you back without even you realizing it? Yeah, well, a really common one and one that's like, you know, critical to being in flow is that, you know, I need to work hard to be successful. And this is like a cultural Mm -hmm. meme and, you know, that we've been inheriting from a lot of different angles, parents, grandparents may have grown up in, you know, the depression or some challenging moment in history or from media. And, you know, especially entrepreneurs, right? Like put in the hours, do the 80 hour week. Otherwise, you you know, you ain't going to get anything, you know? Yeah. No pain, no gain. Yeah. This, this, these beliefs really like are pervasive right now. And so if you believe that's true, then when you work hard, you feel good. And when you don't work hard, you feel guilty or you feel shamed or you Mm, feel like you don't deserve what you have. Like when you see people that have gotten success by not hustling and grinding, Go, oh man, they're they're cheating. You know, they're not real entrepreneurs. Whatever it is, you actually start to have emotional reactions based on that belief. And then you know, mm. you feel guilty about something. If you feel ashamed about something, you're not going to do that thing. You're not going to let that reality in. If you feel good about something and if you feel empowered by it, you are. So with that belief, you only allow yourself to feel good when you're working hard. When there's a path that might be easier, you automatically start to doubt that it's even possible. Or that it's real. That's bullshit. It doesn't work. They're scammers. You know, right there, you're already like bifurcating your reality and you have this confirmation bias that's like filtering out different things based on what you believe. So if you change that instead to success comes to me effortlessly or success comes to me as a result of, of the quality of who I'm being or something that's not tying it to hard work, then you change the belief, you change the filter, and then all of a sudden you, you start to look at things in a different way and something that may have seemed impossible to you before, you're like, oh, I can see how that works now. And now I can let myself have that experience and start to experience this, the effortless success. Yeah, and, and just a distinction around effortlessness because this is something that we talk about a lot. And you know, effortless doesn't necessarily mean you're not doing anything. It doesn't mean you're just like lying on the couch, eating bonbons, waiting for success to come to you. But the, yeah. the work that we do with flow consciousness is really coming into alignment with your passion and your purpose, your zone of genius, your gifts, and really operating from that place of, of pure inspiration. So that way your work takes on this quality of effortlessness. And then as a result of holding this deep core belief that, you know, success comes easily to me, it actually does. Your reaction, your reality actually starts to reflect that. Yeah. It's almost like a, 
in my life, I know for the longest time, I had the biggest belief around asking for help. Like I used to always think that I was a burden when I asked for help and, you know, but then I remember I had a mentor a while back that helped me reframe that and just made me realize that how do I feel when I help other people? Yeah. I feel amazing. So why wouldn't I expect someone else to feel amazing when they help me? And that one simple belief then made accepting help 10 times easier, which ultimately it's it's almost like when, and when you start to think about manifesting and really kind of creating your reality, the universe is going to give you help however the hell it wants to give you help. It's not always going to be you creating it on your own two hands. It's going to be maybe a softball from someone else. It could be a curveball from over here. But I think, and I think that's, maybe I'm starting to get this now. It's like almost removing all the, the blocks that stop you from just receiving with ease. Yeah, totally. Right? It's about yes to that. It's about being in, the that's right, one aspect, yeah, yeah. being in the right place at the right moment for the right resource to show up, right? It's basically the process the inner part of flow consciousness is deleting everything that's limiting you, replacing it with something that actually locks you into reality where you can receive help in abundance, where you can receive support and where you will allow yourself to take the actions and show up in the way that you need to show up, make the decisions that you need to make to, to track it in real time so that, you know, you have that experience of just creating effortlessly versus like constantly trying to struggle and make everything happen. How does the concept of surrender play into flow? Yeah, surrender is a, a big part of it. One of the hallmarks of flow that we talk about is taking on this radical trust and surrender to life and really having this radical acceptance because we like to think that we're in control in life and, and it's usually coming from a place of fear and wanting to, and you know, I say this as a recovering control freak, you know, it's creating this illusion of safety and security because we're afraid of our lives falling apart or, you know, like we're not going to belong or ultimately we would die. So we go into control mode to prevent those things from happening. And then we're not actually really living life. So when you really take on this radical acceptance, knowing that you can't control life, you can't control other people, and ultimately you can't really even control yourself because we're having these subconscious responses and reactions to things until we have really worked through all of our programming, we're driven subconsciously by all of these old patterns and conditioning. So if you can't control yourself, you can't control other people, you can't control the weather, you can't really control life, you really start to let go of that desire to and really do the work to heal around that so that you take on this profound trust that there's, there's a greater wisdom that's at play. And, and you start to have these experiences where you face challenges in life. You know, there's always going to be things that come up to challenge you, whether it's in relationship or in business or, you know, people that you love or are getting sick or dying. And those things are always going to happen, but you can really relax into life and let go of the reins and, and really trust that there's a greater wisdom that's kind of orchestrating everything. So building more trust in self allows you to build more trust in outside forces. Is that kind of what you're saying in a nutshell? Yeah. I mean, the nature of flow is it's a paradox. It's really a, a journey into the heart of the Tao, right? For lack of a better term. So it's a bit of a paradox because 
there's this tenuous balance between control and surrender in any given moment, between action and, and reaction, and cause and effect, and so on. And so as you relax, as you go deeper into your own healing, and as you trust yourself more, that's reflected externally in mm. your reality. Because of we didn't, you know, we kind of came about this in a roundabout way, but you make different decisions and actions when you're in that deep place of trust. And they yeah. shoot you down different paths in life. So how many times has somebody only only missed an accident by one second? Like I've, I've almost, you know, driving for whatever, I've been driving for like 20 years now. I've almost got an accident a million times. You know, things, it's just part of the driving experience, right? So one yeah. second difference, one decision at some point in the day could have completely changed the course of your life. You would have been in an accident. So these decisions that we're making all the time are really important. And so when we're in a place of deep trust and surrender and inner peace and harmony, the decisions we make keep us in a flow that, 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 that gives us that experience. And we even interpret everything that's happening in a way that gives us and furthers that experience. But when we're in a state of like, oh my God, I have to control everything. Otherwise, it's all going to fall apart or something bad could happen to me at any moment. When we're in that space, we make completely different decisions, sends us down a different path. And now we have experiences where we feel like we can't trust life because we're literally like interpreting it like that. And because of that, we're starting to have more experiences that, that actually reflect that. And that's also because we're operating mostly from our rational minds, which are inherently limited based on our beliefs and our perceptions. So, yeah. you know, when we learn to tap into our intuition, which is another huge aspect of, of living in flow consciousness, you're really accessing a larger data set that allows you to make decisions from a place of higher consciousness and not from the limited mind. Can you define intuition? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's different, there's different levels and definitions of intuition. There's the Oxford. Give me all the levels. Give me all the levels. All of them. How you long do you have? 10, 20, 30. Tell me, what do you want? Okay. Boss yeah. mode, boss mode intuition. That's what I want. Boss mode. Okay. So like one level of definition of intuition is that it's basically knowing without knowing how you know, or basically unconscious processing. So th this is the way it's been defined. This is actually a limited definition of intuition. It's not necessarily a definition we endorse, but this is one level of intuition since you're asking for levels. This is level 21. Yeah, this is, this is, 21. This is the layer cake and this is the <laughs> bottom layer. Um, so it's unconscious processing, knowing without really knowing how you know. It's this part of your mind that basically gathers data and then goes, okay, this is what I think based on what's happening. That's one level. Then the next level up from that is what we would call non-local non or like superhuman or quantum intuition. Okay, and this is intuition where you actually are like using your mind like a, uh, a search algorithm for the universe, right? To put, for lack of a better term, where you, you need a specific point of data and your unconscious goes out and it retrieves that data and it goes, okay, here's the best use of that data, right? So it's not just like, guessing based on your past experiences, what is what I described in the first part, it's more high precision. This is like your superhuman, supercomputer, quantum aspect of your own consciousness that's highly precise, just like a quantum computer when they actually get to the point where they're working properly. It'll be highly precise like a quantum computer and it can read just an extreme amount of data and give you the exact piece that you're looking for that's in the highest point of flow for you. So that's boss mode. That's <laughs> boss mode, yeah. Boss That's what we, teach. Okay. we teach boss mode. Yeah. You teach boss mode. We're, we're just going to change the copy on the website. Well, it's, it's, it's almost like real time. And I've, I've had moments in my life where I'll 
be able to make decisions with a certain level of precision and certain level of clarity without even knowing how I'm making these decisions so well. And I think a lot of times I've went through this kind of rabbit hole of trying to understand that and trying to understand it. Is that something that's meant to be understood or just something that's meant to be trusted? I'd say probably a, a bit of both. You know, it's it's our fundamental biological wiring. We come into this world deeply intuitive and it's it's an innate inborn skill that we have. And then yeah. somewhere along the line where it's kind of conditioned out of us because our society has more of a respect for the rational, logical, strategic process. And so when we're small, we start to value that and kind of diminish our our intuition. And so we lose the capacity, some of us, over time to really tap in and trust it. So, you know, it's something that we all have the capacity to do. And as a practice, and you start to use your intuition to make your decisions, you learn to be able to trust it again. And it's absolutely something that you can bring more awareness and attention to and start to see, like, where am I making my decisions? Am I making it from a a place of the felt sense in my body, this profound knowing that I have that I don't know that I know? Or am I thinking things through, trying to figure things out, making lists? Where is that coming from? How do you, so for somebody who, let's say, maybe has lived 20, 30 years of their lives, not really engaging in that feeling intuitive sense, how do you put on the the training wheels for them and kind of just say, all right, this is how you can begin to feel and intuitively sort of make decisions again when, I guess, is it really as simple as going back through and erasing all of that or healing all of that subconscious processing? And is that the first step or is there maybe a, a, like a, a, a practice that someone can just pick up to just get back in touch with what's always been there. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's definitely part of it, right? Like, you know, sometimes people are afraid to feel because it is painful sometimes, you know, different points in your life. And if you, if, you know, if you don't know how to deal with emotions as they come up and something's painful, you like stuff it down and you're like, it's not safe to feel when I feel too strongly, I feel pain. So definitely going back through that catalog is going to expand your ability to sense your intuition. But if someone, regardless of whether someone is going to do that or has done that, like there are things that you can start doing immediately to start building that capacity. The intuition is always there. The data is always there. We just kind of like shut it down and we ignore it with our conscious mind. The most basic, easy way to start kicking that, that muscle up, that intuitional muscle up is to just start shifting from thinking into feeling more. And we're not saying go back into your psyche and experience something from when you were three that was unpa- was painful. It's just like, just like feel into your body when you're presented with a choice. You know, I can go to the beach or I can go to the movie. Okay. Instead of being like, well, if I go to the movie, then this. And if I go to the beach, then maybe that. Say, how does going to the beach feel? Like, what does it feel like in my body? What does it feel like sens- sensually, you know, on any level? What does the movie feel like? And whichever one feels better to you, right? Or maybe there's a third option that we're not that I'm not listing that feels even better. Like, oh, but the restaurant, or if, oh, if I go hang out with my friend, that feels the best. Like in my body, whoa, it feels really good. That's your intuition saying, hey, go do that. Because I just read like 60 billion data points. And if you go do that, like the chances that awesome things are going to happen are way higher. That's what your intuition is. So just coming back to that, that feeling, that subtle feeling that you have whenever you're doing something, is and, and practicing that right 
doing that for as many decisions and choices as possible, you start to build that muscle. It's like going to the gym for your intuition. It gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And then it gets louder and louder and louder over time. Yeah. And so many people are just living from the neck up and they are so disconnected from the body. So just doing more practices to, to just bring presence and awareness and attention and even just scheduling you know, a, a check-in once an hour or something and get present to the sensations in your body because your intuition is a, a felt sense, a sensation. It's not going to be an emotion. So if you're experiencing any anger, shame, joy, happiness, whatever it is, if you can label it, that's an indication that you're interpreting that felt sensation through a, a perceptual lens or a, a belief. So just getting present to the sensations that live in the body. Does it feel enlivening, expansive, light, free? Is it heavy, dark, contracting, and just kind of connecting to the body again? And so it, it's, you know, a practice of getting to know like what's going going on beneath the head. Yeah. Well, it's, it's crazy because even if you think about the mind, the conscious mind and the subconscious mind, most people think it's all up here, but your subconscious is actually your entire body. All of the involuntary things that keep you alive are running in your subconscious mind. And that is that, that mind is everywhere. It's in your nerves. It's in the way you feel. It's in your senses. And so it makes complete sense that we've, we've, we have lost touch. And I really love what you said, Justin, about like, the fear of feeling. I've actually found that once you start to feel and you lose the fear of feeling, it feels really good to feel. It feels really good to feel everything. Even when you're sad and you just have a big cry fest, it actually like your body wouldn't be creating these emotions if they weren't meant to be felt, if they weren't meant to teach you something. And with your point, like the billions of data points that our body is constantly processing, like if we don't let our bodies do its job, it doesn't, it doesn't matter how hard we think our way through life. We're just going to have a sucky life. Like we're going to get stuck. Right. Well, and the thing is too, emotions are just energy, right? This is energy that's just in your body. Again, you're interpreting it through the lens of your beliefs. So excitement and fear could be the same energy, but just based on your perceptions will give you a totally different experience. And so we're afraid to feel these things because it's connected to something much deeper where we actually think we could die or something. But most of it is just psychological fear. I'm not talking about if you're like standing on the edge of a a roof or something, you want to actually feel fear in certain experiences. But the majority of it is psychological fear that we've created from all of this conditioning. So if we allow our emotions to express and move through the body, it's like clouds in the sky. They just move through. And that's how it's supposed to be. It's okay to feel sad. It's okay to feel anger. And you just be with it, allow it to be there, to accept it, to love it, and let it move. And then it's gone. But when we resist it, it gets stuck in the body. And that's where we have those imprints that then get triggered. You know, someone doesn't call you back or cuts you off in traffic or whatever. And you have this exponentially larger reaction to the situation because it's, you know, triggering all of these unexpressed un- emotions that were stuffed down. Yeah. It's almost like you're treating your, your body like a vessel or like almost like a two way street, as opposed to something that's just like a container. Like, like, so thoughts that come in, they're just coming in and out, coming in and out. You can choose to see them. You can choose to feel them. You can choose to process them. 
Same thing with feelings. Feelings are coming in and out. You can choose to feel them. You can choose to process them. It's just, but they're coming in and out. And it kind of goes in with that idea that like, we're just giant vessels of energy, like emotions, even the word emotion, energy in motion. It's just all moving around. It's just moving around in our bodies. And it's just this amazing and, and ignoring our emotions and going to our minds just doesn't allow us to fully process all of the language that are that this amazing body that this amazing human body is teaching us right like emotions are almost like language of of the human totally they're feedback right they're telling you what you believe at a deep level languages didn't even exist 60,000 years ago right like i mean like if you really think about it even the concept of a language was created by man <laughs> All these things are created by men. So like emotions are the real truth. Ultimately, feeling is the original, the OG language. Yeah, the OG, right? yeah, exactly. It's like, let's see. Okay, so the universe has been left to its own devices for 4 billion plus years, 10 billion years. Nobody really knows. And it's done a pretty good job of making things pretty great. Like without humans like tinkering around, you know, ignoring their emotions, like there's infinite abundance everything gets along. It's like this really beautiful kind of garden of Eden on the planet. And so I think, you know, how the animals operate, which is just intuitively feeling around their environment and how the trees operate intuitively feeling. It's like, there's probably something to that. If it can produce an entire, entire universe that's so like amazingly complex and balanced that like our brightest physicists can't even really understand it without becoming super spiritual. It's like, yeah, okay, there's probably something there. Probably. So maybe we should just like try that out for a little bit instead of, you know, doing what we're doing, what we've been doing for the last, you know, few thousand years that's like got us at the edge of extinction right now. Maybe that's a little bit better. Yeah. I think we tried way too hard to be human in this world. Like we learned human, right? When we arrived on this planet, we didn't arrive as humans. We arrived as souls in human bodies and we learned how to use these things. But I mean, if you think about it, like, and I've had this thought a lot recently, like, especially like when I'm by the ocean, like when I'm by the ocean, and I see the waves constantly just come in over and over and over again. I'm constantly reminded that whether I am doing anything or not, these waves are going to be coming before I was born. These waves were rolling after I am dead. These waves will be rolling. So why do I think that I have all this control over my life experience? Like, why am I trying to control it all? It's almost like that, that, that truth right there just kind of, it sets me free a little bit or it makes me feel at ease just knowing that like there's a greater power outside of myself. And as long as I line myself up with whatever the hell is happening outside of me, then I feel like I can flow, like flow. I feel like I can flow. Exactly. And, and what a beautiful way to express that. And then you are the wave. You're yeah. an individuated expression of the ocean as a wave and then the wave collapses back into the ocean. So, you know, really there is no you. Are your emotions even yours? Like you said, we are the vessel, but this is just energy. We are all just energy. You know, there's this illusion that we're actually, you know, this physical body, but everything is just energy. So the emotions are just passing through and who says they're even yours? You know, it's really crazy on that point. I'm reading a book right now. It's called Love Yourself Like Your Life Depends On It, a guy named Kamal Ravikant. And he just wrote a new book and it's brilliant. And like he was talking about a forgiveness practice that he does. And one of the forgiveness practices was where he, he'd sit down and he would write down on a piece of paper, I forgive myself for whatever. 
He would write it down. He would feel it. He would feel how heavy that felt and then make the decision that he didn't want it. And he would like burn it or metaphorically throw it in the ocean. That's how he described it, metaphorically throwing it in the ocean. And the way he described that feeling was, I can't handle this, but the ocean can. So just take it. So that's where all the microplastics came from. Oh, damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all the people throwing away their feelings into the ocean. That's what it is. But, but no, in that, in that phrase, though, it just made it just tick for me because I was like, man, you're, you're right. I mean, when you really think about nature and its vastness, maybe all of the stuff we're burdening ourselves with aren't ours to burden. Like, they're, they're nature. This is nature's burden. And so why am I carrying all this? bullshit. Why am I carrying all this baggage? Why don't I just let nature have it? And I'll just live my life exactly how I want to easy, free, and graceful. Well, even letting go of the judgment that it's a burden, it's all just part of the experience. We have this tendency to have this perception around emotions as being positive or negative. And what if it's just an expression of life and it's all good? It's all perfect. You know, and being able to live in the full spectrum of life rather than this narrow bandwidth of I don't want to feel sadness, I don't want to feel anger, I don't want to feel grief, you know, but then that cuts you off from the other side of it and all the joy, elation, bliss, you know, so you can stay in your safe little container. But what if it's all welcome and none of it's a burden? That's so awesome. What a beautiful way to live. I mean, that's freedom. Right. That's it's just it's just all love. It's the opposite of fear. It's all acceptance. Right. It's it's all accepting of life in all of its shapes, colors. The irony is, is that people go, oh, that's great for the monks in the monastery on the top of the hill. And it's like, yes, but I can tell you, if you live like that, amazing, amazing stuff happens. You know, a great book on that wavelength for is, is the surrender. I don't know if you've it's, it's funny. I made some very significant life changes after I read that book, um, some massively, which have led me down a path I would not have even been able to fathom. Yeah. And that, and, and, and like, and it's not about like, you know, like dressing in white robes and meditating all day necessarily, unless that's what your purpose is and what you want to do. But like, it's like occupying that state of consciousness as we go about the things that we're going about in our life. Because when you can do that, then magic happens all the time. Like every experience, every moment is magic. And then like literally, you know, you get, I'm trying to think of the movie. There's a movie where like the guy walks or maybe I think it's like a Disney film, like walks out into the forest and like all the lambs are coming up and eating out of your hands and stuff. And it's, it's almost, <laughs> I haven't had lambs come eat out, eat out of my hands. <laughs> where are these lambs? Well, actually I was just driving to the, back to the house this morning from Whole Foods and like four deer were like, just like, running around the neighborhood. Like they didn't even care that the car was there. They were just eating, like just totally like in their own world of like peace and joy. And so maybe I'm just thinking of my experiences more, but like, that's the space, man. That's the trick is like be in that space. Like if you just focus on being in that space, then you don't have to like start micromanaging every other piece of your life. But also just to make it a little more real, I recently had a really profound release of deep, deep, deep grief that hadn't been processed or expressed in a, in a ceremony and around the death of my brother, which is coming up on the anniversary. And, uh, he died in 2009 and, you know, for a while I wasn't able to be with it at all. 
And over the years, I've, I've processed and, and worked with this in so many ways, but, and I thought I was done, right? You know, you get to the point where you're like, oh, I've, I've worked on that. You know, I'm done. I'm good. Yeah, that's when life comes in and smacks you. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, here's the next layer, you know, up on the spiral. I've done the work that allowed me to access this deeper layer. And I had this experience of a profound release of grief. I mean, I'm talking ugly crying, snot all over my face. It was not cute. But there was a joy in the release of the grief that I hadn't experienced before. It was like I didn't want it to end because it felt so good to be letting this go. So I was simultaneously in this experience of profound sadness and grief and elation and and joy. So, you know, it's really profound when you're able to be with all of the experience. Yeah. And I feel like letting go is one of the most profound. I feel like the second I really understood what it meant to surrender to an experience and I truly felt all of the experience is the second I started realizing that I had so much more life to experience. It's the seed. It's the seed. Like when you when you stop resisting and you just lean in to whatever that is, whatever experience is in front of you, whatever emotions in front of you, whatever life is calling to you, there's like this just divine, it's like a medicine. It's like a medicine for your soul in a way. Like life is giving you this gift. You don't know it's a gift yet, but that's the point because you never know what's behind a gift. You never know what's inside of a present. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if you knew the gift, then it wouldn't be like, all right, that's that. I think this is like my favorite way to like to, to think about it because it's like totally yes to everything you're saying. And for people that are like, well, that sounds great, but like my life freaking sucks and it's hard right now. And like, you know, my kid's crying and I got to figure out how to pay my bills and like this sucks. Yeah. Okay. Whatever is happening, you have a choice. You can believe that it sucks or you can believe that it's here for you, like you're saying, and conspiring in your favor. If you believe that it sucks, you are going to suffer. You're going to feel bad about your experience. You're going to be judging yourself. You're going to be judging it. You're going to be feeling negative emotions. Guaranteed. If you choose to see it as conspiring in your favor, you will stop suffering. You will start to see all of the things that it's actually trying to show you and give you, the gifts that it's trying to give you. And you will enter into varying levels of flow. And so it's like simple as that. You don't, one is not better than the other per se. You get a choice. It's like, do you choose suffering or do you choose freedom and joy and flow? That's the choice that everybody has in every single moment for whatever they're experiencing. When you commit to choosing joy and flow, you realize what you're saying, which is like, oh, dang, this looked like it was really bad, but actually it saved me from something even worse. And, or this seemed really bad here. And then, you know, five days later, I realized that it actually, something great was coming out of, as a result of that. But I couldn't see it at the time because I can't see the future. But if I just trust that, then, oh, okay, then the gift presents itself later. So it's like, once you stay in that frame, you're like locked and loaded, like fast track. You know? And you stop arguing with life, right? When you're resisting yeah. what's showing up and saying this shouldn't be happening. Well, guess what? It is. And how do you know it's supposed to be happening? Because it is. So instead of saying, oh, I don't want this, this is unfavorable, this sucks, like, I don't want this experience when it's actually happening, which just creates a lot of suffering. Again, coming back to that place of being curious, because it's sometimes hard to know, and you might not know for months or even years down the line, why things happen. Like my brother's death 
woke me up to my bigger purpose in the world and the transformation in my healing experience, I now get to share with the world and impact other people's lives and, and help them be able to, to deal with uh, traumas and things that they're experiencing. Or, you know, a couple of years ago, I ended up in the hospital in a very painful experience, but that's actually how Justin and I came together because I was on my way to visit him and I ended up in the hospital and he came to visit me every day. And it was like, Oh, we should do this work together. But <laughs> had that not happened, who knows? Maybe she would have just breezed through town, you know, I was hey, nomadic. I didn't, dinner and then I'm I, I didn't have a <laughs> at that point. I was just driving up the coast. So we could have just had a meal and be like, all right, that's cool. See yeah. ya. And our lives would be in a very different place. But, you know, I couldn't have known at the time it was a very painful experience, but you know, it had to happen in the way that it did in order for us to drop in and be like, we need to work together. So, it, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. It's easier to see these things looking back. But each time you stay in that curiosity and what is here for me? What is the mirror showing me? What is the lesson? What is the gift? What's the silver lining? It puts you in a much more peaceful place. I think when you believe that the timeline is longer than you think it is, that's what gives you the permission to believe in magic, to believe in that, right? Like I think because our, like our fear, fear-driven minds really think the timeline's like, shit, I'm going to die now. Like I'm, I'm in danger now, right? But when the timeline's elongated, it's like even a loss, a failure, a mistake, an accident, a death, anything really, it, it's almost like there's more to the story left. And if you believe that there's more to the story left, that's what creates the space for you to to even be curious. And and I love what you mentioned earlier, Justin, about choice. You can choose one or the other. I think choice is a human superpower. That's like our weapon. That's that's what we can use to change our lives, to be happier, to let things go, to love people. The freedom of choice is what makes us human beings. And I think that's and I, and I it's a tra- it's a tragedy that most people don't use it. The way it's it can be, and I'm just I'm so grateful that you guys are doing the work you're doing um, to share and spread this message all over. I want to have you guys maybe dive into a little bit around the Flow Institute. Talked a lot about these different concepts, all of the beauty and all of the work you guys are doing. But what is the Flow Institute, and how how are you guys building what you're building to create change in the world? Yeah, well, we drink our own medicine. So we're literally, we can, how can we teach this and then be like, well, yeah, we're doing that, but we just hire, we outsource our marketing here. And then like, you know, they do everything. <laughs> you know, we're drinking the medicine. So this is we like, you know, the concepts that we teach, this is, this is how we live. And, and this is how we, we, we do our best to operate the, the company in this way. And so we've, it's been growing itself as a result of like us focusing on being in flow. The Institute is basically a home for all of our trainings our research, all the content we produce, everything. Everything that we do under this body of work is there. So we run different trainings throughout the year where people can, there are trainings online, trainings in person where people can come and learn how to live like this, learn how to you know rapidly clear out this stack of fear that they've been carrying their whole life, learn how to rapidly develop their intuition so they can get really good at living like that. Yeah. So to experience everything that comes with it. So it's, it's really a holding container for this, this body of work. And this is really a year where we're expanding and bringing it out in a much bigger way 
we're working on building a train the trainer program because so many of our students, we have students in 40 something countries who want to take this work out into the world. So crafting a, a program where we can train other people to do it, but also to work on the social impact piece. That's really important. Yeah. So, uh, you know, working with incarcerated at risk drug addicted youth and partnering with different programs where we can bring this work to the people who wouldn't normally be able to access it. I love that. That is such, such, such good work. Oh my gosh, you guys are rock stars. This has been such a beautiful conversation. I'm grateful that it took the time it did because everything is in divine order. Everything is in divine order. We would have had a shitty conversation if we would have talked on Justin's birthday. Yeah, it was a bad (laughs) No, guys, I, I really, really appreciate you guys being here. I've got one last question for you. In the midst of everything you've experienced, everything you're doing and everywhere you're going, how do you stay grounded? Ooh, very on brand, my friend. <laughs> I worked that one out. My bread and butter is meditation and radical self-care. You know, really just like making sure that I'm well fed with good organic food that's alive. And, and really for me, meditation, I mean, just time and time again, it just produces exponentially more than I put into it. So. Yeah, for me, I'd say nature. I I feel so fulfilled being in the trees right now. So being in nature, and I'm very much an extroverted extrovert. So for me, just I stay grounded by surrounding myself with people that inspire me and push me to be a better version of myself and having deep, meaningful conversations. Combination of all that, man. All right, guys, you guys are amazing. I'm so grateful. Everybody, we will make all of... Justin and Jackie's resources available in the show notes. So if you're frantically writing down notes, don't worry about it. I got you. But everybody, that is a wrap for this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I'm your host, Raj. These are your new friends, Justin and Jackie. And from us, stay grounded. We'll chat soon. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to live an extraordinary life. For more resources and support, please visit www.rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded to join the official Stay Grounded Facebook group, a place where aspiring life enthusiasts can connect and ignite passion for life together. My hope is that the positivity, content, resources, and support in this group will resonate with you on a deeper level. That what you hear in our podcast, read in our thoughtful posts, or learn in our courses will empower you to live with intention, uncover true purpose, and challenge the internal dialogues that stop you from being who you really want to be in your life. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Stay grounded.